We're going to be looking at page 107. We're going to finish part module 6, part 1. And we're looking at number 5, when, where, and how to be assertive. And so this is something that we, we really need to address because I remember Flory, Flory two weeks ago asked, well, how do I know when to be assertive and when not to? And I think this these five questions help us. So let's look here at focus note 10. And let me read through these five questions to ask when deciding whether to be assertive or not. The first question is, is this a problem? And how do I know that it's a problem? The second question you would ask, is this the time and place to respond assertively? What are my chances of at least a small measure of success initially? That's the third question. The fourth is, am I willing to invest time and energy and endure some risk in order to make the change? And then the fifth question you would ask is, will I stay relatively calm while I try some new behaviors, not letting fears or anxieties overwhelm them? So with those five questions in mind, you're not going to remember all five of them, but what's helpful is page 108, we're going to go through an exercise and you're going to be able to go through these questions. But what I'd like for us to do now is on the bottom of page 107, there's a hypothetical caring relationship under focus note 11. And I would like for us to read through this. I'll read it out loud. And then we're going to literally grow through those five questions uh, to determine if... Steve should be assertive. I believe it's Steve and Jake. Or no, yeah, Steve should be assertive to Jake as care receiver. So let me read focus note 11, a hypothetical caring relationship. It says, A care receiver named Jake in his early 20s has been passively refusing to take responsibility for his own future. Jake's job is dead end and not at all challenging. He is still living at home, but he regularly fights with his parents. Jake graduated from college last year, but he is very discouraged because he hasn't been able to find the kind of job for which he he was educated. He keeps hoping for a romantic relationship, but spends most of his spare time watching television and playing computer games. Jake's parents told him to go talk to the pastor about figuring out what he wanted to do with his life, and the pastor offered him a Stephen minister. The Stephen minister named Steve has been meeting with Jake for three months, and there has been no change in Jake's behavior. Steve wonders if it's time to talk assertively to Jake about taking some responsibility for himself. So with this hypothetical caring relationship in mind, let's now look at focus note 12 and discuss this as a group. Letter A says we need to decide whether to be assertive or not. And Steve's response, we're going to look now at Steve's response to the five questions that we just asked. The first question is, is this a problem? And what would you say? Absolutely. (laughs) And how is it a problem? He's got like no movement in his life. He's very stagnant, not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just sitting still. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's stuck in a rut, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's comfortable in a rut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it takes a. Uh, I think of this, and I think about you know the the commercial about the drill sergeant stand up and you know. <laughs> Maybe it takes somebody like well, hey, yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just motivational. Motivational. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It also yeah. seems as though. Given where he is stuck right now, the loving thing to do would be to, to address it, mm-hmm. to say something to him. Okay, good. So obvi- this is an obvious problem. Well, the second question we got to ask is, is this the time and place to respond assertive, assertively? With the information that we read, what would you say to that? I 
think so. Okay, and then why? Why do you say that? Why? Because you can't respond passively because he's passive about mm-hmm. the whole thing, mm-hmm. and you know, case sera sera, and just still whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he's just going on with life. But he has to take more responsibility for his life. Yeah, and it does require that you be assertive about the whole. Yeah. Would it be that he's also he knows what he wants, kind of, but he's just not pushing himself. Like he knows he wants a better job. He knows he wants a mm-hmm. relationship. Absolutely, just like everybody. That's part of it because you, you you hit the nail on the head when you said he knows. It, it's almost like he wants to change, right? And that what you read, that's what yeah. I read. But but let me ask you the time frame. How long has a Stephen minute has Stephen meeting with him? Three months. Three months. Is that long enough to be assertive? Yeah. Sure so. Once a week for three months. I sure hope so. I think so. Once a month. Okay, good, good. Yeah. The, I would agree. I'm just, yeah. The, to me, there's four steps. Uh, there's an extra step. The extra step is what do you want to be assertive in? Mm-hmm. Okay, it said in there he wanted a relationship. Uh, the other thing is, is he's focused on only what his school was. Mm-hmm. So I think... Responding assertively is appropriate, but the challenge is which battle do you want to pick and which one do you think will will motivate him and probably pay dividends in the other? Mm-hmm. It's which one do you think you can get some success in, which mm-hmm. kind of leads into the the next. But mm-hmm. it's, it's not just a question of being assertive because you're not, to me, you're not going to be assertive on all fronts. You're going to try to pick one thing one area, yeah. to help get him out of the rut. Mm-hmm. And then once he starts changing, you'll address the others, but you want to pick the, the one thing that mm-hmm. you think will motivate him. That's good. Can I talking to him now, you know? It will probably give some relief to the parents to since the parents. Uh, um, he's regularly fighting with the parents, mm-hmm. and that would be that would help the parents, I guess, to so that, that to uh, put some sense into his head. Mm-hmm. So I think it's this is the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I would agree. I think three months. If it was your second meeting with the guy, I would say no. <laughs> But because you've met with him, as Ashley said, once a week for three months, he knows you now. And you also know he wants to get out of this rut. He's stuck in a rut, and he wants to get out of it. So it is your job to be assertive. Was it him that he decided that Stephen, the minister? No, Jake's parents told him he had That's another factor, though, Mm -hmm. why it's good timing, Mm -hmm. is that his parents, whom he's living with passively, (laughs) <laughs> You're saying, hey, son, why don't you meet with the Stevens minister? Right, right. That's good. So Brent already talked a little bit about number three, but what are my chances of at least a small measure of success initially? What would you say to that question in this circumstance? Well, and I think, like, adding on to what Brent said, I think the important thing is, like, it's kind of like a step before what Brent said. I think that the root of the problem should be addressed assertively. Um and then helping the person take a small step into what they would be most successful in. Mm-hmm. You know, addressing the root of the problem that he's lacking ambition for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It, you know, whatever mode it is motivating lack of ambition, whether it be fear of failing, fear of rejecting, you know, or rejection. 
that needs to be dealt with assertively and then mm-hmm. helping him assertively take a step towards whatever he may be most successful in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But good. I wouldn't go for the root. I would See, go... I <laughs> but the problem is if you go for the root, you run the risk of him totally shutting down. If you go for... It's kind of like... Think of it, uh, you're, you're pulling yourself out of a ditch. You do it one step at a time. What you want him to do is to take action on one thing, and once he starts coming out, you dig deeper and mm-hmm. deeper, and you'll get to the root. Well, I think it's a, honestly, it's a combination of both. And the reason I say that is we preach every week the sin beneath the sin almost, this idols, that our hearts are an idol factory. Mm-hmm. And you can't just change the behavior. There's something going on that's causing you to act this way. And so, as Ash was saying, you get to the root of it. Right. What is causing this? But as Brent said, it is there is a combination of both. You have to be able to change behaviors as well, but you also have to look deeper. And you guys are not counselors. And I think counselors can help the person look even deeper. Uh, but as Stephen ministers, you can identify, okay, what are you believing in that's not God? <laughs> you know, what are your idols? Is your idol passivity? Is it these other things? And why is that? What's causing you to behave this way? And I think you could ask those questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's perfectly normal. Um, but as Brent said, it is important to also address the behavior as well, mm-hmm. to say, you know, you've got to make a living for yourself. You know, you've got to be able to just not sit at home playing video games. You've um, got to be receptive. Yeah. But the reason why it would work is because it says Jake was unhappy with this situation. Mm-hmm. So that shows that he will be receptive because he's even said, I'm unhappy. So how would you go about talking with Jake about that? You would bring that up, right? You would say, Jake, you've told me you're unhappy with the situation. Well, let's talk about this. Why are you unhappy? You wouldn't just go straight to the jugular and say, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, a, lazy you're a lazy bum <laughs> and, <laughs> and your idol is passive, whatever it may be. You don't go there. You would just say, I've noticed you've even told me you're unhappy. What's causing you unhappiness? That would that be a great way to bring it up. What we talked about last week, right. aggressive, like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'd probably ask him, uh, which is more important to you, a relationship or a job? Which would you like to have most? Mm-hmm. And I would use that to mm-hmm. tell me which place okay. to go mm-hmm. Go to both. Because you could go to both directions, but yeah, which one do you want to go first? Yeah, because one of them is probably the motivator, and the other is yeah. is tied to the root issue. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because well, it wasn't just one in the thing, there were two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot here. Well, let's look at number four. Am I willing to invest time and energy and endure some risk in order to make the change? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. Am I willing to do it? And you see, there's a risk involved because Jake could respond passively and bow, bow out of the caring relationship. He could respond negatively and just say, you know what, I'm done with this, and he could just leave. So there's a risk of him leaving or getting upset. And so are you willing to take that risk? Are you willing also to invest time to help him change or her change? I'll give you a quick example, and this is something that I wanted to share with all of you because it's recent for me. We have had a care receiver in the past who lost his wife, and to be honest, he's pretty demanding. So we've had to set boundaries with him. Well, he moved, and he wants to come back. And his girlfriend had left him, and he was kind of going where she was going. And he's called me uh, in the past two weeks. He's probably called me 20 20 to 30 times. And so finally I just had to say, "You, you can't call this time. 
Because one time he called me at 4.30 in the morning. I said, can't call me at 4.30. And then I said, why don't you call me at 2 o'clock and let's talk about the issue. Um, but he also asked for other people's phone numbers. And I said, I'm not going to give you their phone numbers because if, if he's going to call me, I'm, I'm, you know. And so anyway, I had to actually, my last conversation with him, I was extremely assertive with him. Uh, but I realized, I had, to ask, I had to ask this question, am I willing to invest my time and energy in this? Uh, because he's at a state, he wants to move back. You know, what do I do here? And um, I called his Stephen minister, and his Stephen minister, you could tell, was reluctant or hesitant on getting involved after I told him. And I said, I'm not giving him your phone number, don't worry. <laughs> but it was great because my last conversation with him, I was very assertive, uh, almost aggressive. But at this point, I was just at the end of my rope for the most part. But I just said, I pretty much just said, you're making some bad decisions, and this is what you're doing. And we have a good relationship. We've been... We've known each other for over two years. He wanted me to perform his wedding, that type of thing. But uh, anyway, he hasn't called since. And so I took that risk, will he end the relationship or not? I believe he will call because I said, when, whenever you do move, let me know. And we'll, have, uh, we'll try to have a group to help you if you need it uh, because we still need to be the church. But on the other end, uh, being the church is being assertive. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned a lot from this lesson on how to be assertive with him. Because he's, you know, he's going through a lot, and you want to still value his opinion and respect him, but you also still have to set boundaries, which we're going to talk about next week, and that's a very important lesson for you because this situation could very well happen to you. Um, so and it's okay to lose him. That's the question you got to ask yourself: Are you willing to do it? And that was something I had to ask myself. Normally I say yes. In this situation, I'm wondering, am I really willing to do this? And it sounds heartless, doesn't it? But, but it's not because you have to take care of yourself, right? You have to set boundaries. And so that's why I pretty much just said, we're going to help you as much as we can, but that's all I can do. And then I, and I finally told him, I said, do you realize we just had a, a five-week-old baby? And he said, I had no idea. And so I think that helped him not call me as much. <laughs> um, but anyway... But when you're assertive, you should also assume that this individual you're assertive with may try to be assertive, angry, withdrawn. You're probably going to see an emotional response. And they teach this in sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hardest person to sell is somebody that's not emotional. Mm -hmm. If somebody's more emotional... They teach you to weather the storm or whatever, whatever you want to call it because the person that's more emotional is typically the better sell in the end because when you work through all the issues, they're happy. Mm-hmm. In the end, the person that never says anything, you never know what the issues are. And then you go, well, I didn't get the sale. Why not? And so uh, I've been assertive twice with my mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. This in the past two days. Mm-hmm. She has this boy she likes. I said, you're not going to talk to him. You're not going to go out with him mm-hmm. until you clean your bathroom and clean your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And she exploded, <laughs> shut the door. She didn't slam it. That's an improvement. <laughs> and uh, 20 minutes later, I've cleaned up the bathroom. I'm heading toward the bedroom. Okay, today I'm not going to church. Fine. If you don't go to church, you cannot talk to him today and you cannot go out with him today. Period. Hmm. Assertive 
you have no right to do this, da 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 blew up. She's here. So you've got to weather the response to it and almost be passive and know that it's going to blow back in your face, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to just give in and say, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You can't emotionally respond to their emotional response. Right. Right. That's when it's saying stand your ground and be willing to take the the wrath that's going to come your way. You've got to be willing to do that. And then you have a chance, I think, for real progress. Yeah, absolutely. And and along those lines, obviously, Brent's situation with number four, he has to invest. It's his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but in your situation, we're talking about Stephen ministry context. You have to ask the question, am I willing to invest this time and effort and the, and the risk? And I think that's why I want to go back to hone in on Stephen ministry because there might be a situation where I don't know and Ida may not know. We're pairing you up with somebody. We're going to know for the most part. We'll do a brief interview with them. But sometimes they're new to the church. We may not know them that well. We'll assess if they need professional counseling. But if, but if from our, our you know initial assessment, if we realize Stephen ministry would be great, you may get in a situation where the person calls, you know, off the hook. And if that happens, then you use the boundaries lesson that we're going to train you next week, or you ask the question, "Am I really willing to invest in this?" Um, and sometimes the answer will be no, and I think that's okay. What um, <laughs> you would be assertive, or you close a relationship, or you tell us, and then we we hang it, go from there. Um, we might even, I mean, it could involve the elders, the session. I, I don't know. It just so depends it on the situation. For us, then we yeah. And the supervision group is going to be able to help you too. Because sometimes you may not. You may think, oh, I, I've just got to keep loving this person. Mm-hmm. But as you're processing it along with each other, you know, you're going to be in the supervision group with each other. You're going to be able to say, okay, Janine, this situation is a little unhealthy and here's how. You know, mm-hmm. And that's going to help you. Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. So that's why supervision group is so uh, helpful when this is all done. Yeah, because this, this stuff can happen. But they may back away like the example you gave, yeah. and I don't think that's bad because no. I think the guy's going to call you. Because, yeah, down the road, because, but it's not going to be every day. Right, but right. when you are assertive, yeah. sometimes it takes people some time to uh, process this, mm-hmm. and they're, I am so mad, I don't want to talk to you, slam, the hang up the right. phone. And then they go and they think about it a few days later and they call you up and say, well, um, you know, you really had a good point. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's hard not to beat yourself up and say, oh, I screwed up. But, yeah. you know, we're human. We're yeah, not perfect. It's healthy for the other person, too. Right? you got to just make Absolutely. your judgment call and go with it. Yeah, and you have to pray about it and just, you know. That's it. Yeah. I would pray changes. before I do it yeah. unless it's just a, <laughs> one of those you don't have time. Okay, we're going to play this and I hope I'm right. And say a sentence prayer in that case. <laughs> but yeah, prayer is always important. Well, let's ask number five. We've, we've got to move forward because we've got to get to the next lesson too. Will I stay relatively calm while I try some new behaviors, not letting fears or anxieties overwhelm me? And of course, you know, he may feel nervous to confront Jake, but that's normal. You're going to feel a little nervous. Any confrontation is not easy, even if it's with your family. Uh, maybe sometimes, especially if it's with your family. But but in this Stephen ministry context, you're gonna you're gonna be nervous because you don't know how they're gonna respond. But ultimately, you're helping them instead of hurting them. And again, that's what I was saying when I said if you get a real emotional response back, yeah. you just got to let it. Say, well, I sort of instigated that. Just let it blow over your head and not try to fix it. 
Right. Let it happen. Let, Let it, it happen. get through yeah. that emotional response. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if they throw stuff, it's time to it's bad. the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's look at letter B, deciding what to say, bottom of page 1-8. Uh, Steve's main concerns. What would be Steve's main concerns here? Shutting down the relationship. Okay. The risk of him leaving, yeah. What else would it be? Choosing which one of the two to go after. Mm-hmm. Which one does he think is going to have the most traction and which one's going to start him out of the rut? Right. right. And he runs the risk, too, of um, Jake maybe becoming more, like, clinging to him. And mm-hmm. just in the fact that if no one's really talking to him assertively and he does talk to him assertively, it could make Jake needy or, mm-hmm. you know, his advice, his opinions, mm-hmm. and things like that as he's moving forward to make this change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's look now. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Can I stay relatively calm when I'm Mm -hmm. talking? Will I show my nervousness, Mm -hmm. my anxiety? Um, Is it okay uh, that the other person sees you like you're kind of nervous? Mm. (laughs) I mean, you have to be real. You have to be genuine. And if that's how you're going to express yourself, then that's perfectly okay. Uh, you you obviously want to be as firm as you can when you're assertive, and you need to be sure of yourself and sure of what you're saying, uh, because if you if you do look a little nervous and and you're shaky, that's normal. You're going to be nervous, but he's he may look at that as oh I I'm not going to take her serious, I'm, or she may look at you I'm not going to take her serious. I'm going to walk on her. So yeah, I w- that's where it goes back to prayer. I would pray before, take a deep breath, and then go in and. Even even practice it. That's something that I was going to share with you. You can even practice in front of the mirror or record yourself, you know. But go over it before you have this confrontation um, or this assertive um, situation. But but no, I, I think it's okay if, if there's a little nerves, obviously, because obviously you're going to be nervous. Um, but the fact that you're addressing it says a lot to the person. You know, if that makes sense. I think B that follows on deciding yeah. what to say is really good guidelines. Yeah, let's look now at, at B and under Focus Note 13. Who who can read the principles for deciding what to say? Would anybody read those? Oh, okay. Principles: deciding what to say, say something, be honest, use I messages, use I won't station statements, combine I won't statement and iMessages, avoid labeling, be concise, don't apologize for asserting yourself, avoid sarcasm, be as persistent as necessary. Good. So let's, let me describe what iMessages and I want messages are. So let me read Focus Note 14 out loud to us. It says here that, Jake, I want to tell you that I really care about you, and I believe you are gifted, but a worthwhile young man. As I think about your life right now, however, I'm, I'm very concerned for you. I see that you feel unhappy, but I don't see you doing anything to change your situation. I'm concerned that you'll get stuck in the rut you are in and end up more and more unhappy as the years pass by. I believe you want more than that. And I believe you are capable of more than that. I want to challenge you, Jake, to take responsibility for making some changes. I think you know what kinds of changes you need to make. I am willing to work with you to figure out how to make them. And I will stick with you as you work through those changes. The reason I'm telling you all this is because I care for you and I'm concerned for you. Now I'd like to hear what you're thinking and feeling and what I've said. 
Now, just looking at Jake's response here, or Steve's response here, do you notice all the I and the I want? Why do you think that's important to include the I? It's showing that the state minister actually cares and it's not coming from somebody else. Mm-hmm. It puts the focus back on the Stephen minister too rather than saying like, um, like you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. It's like I... I don't know, it's just putting the focus on you so that mm-hmm. they're on the defensive. I'm concerned for you. Which helps you bring more assertive because it's not saying, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it's being straightforward. Mm-hmm. Giving maybe the person security, too. Mm-hmm. I think, too, somehow it builds on the strength of the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I care for you. Mm-hmm. Reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, let's turn the page to 110, and another thing you have to do is decide what to do. And will somebody read Focus Note 15? I'll read it. Thank you, Al. Uh, keeping your nonverbal communication assertive. Look the way you feel. Use assertive gestures. Speak clearly. Face the person. Maintain eye contact. Be aware of your body orientation. Pay attention to the quality of your voice and listen. Good. And just as I said a minute ago, it's okay to practice the conversation before doing it. You can even have a recorder of some sort or even on your computer and practice it. You, you may even need to change your tone of voice before you do it. As Flory said, if you're really nervous, it may be good to wait a day before you do it and practice a few times and then go in prepared. Um, but that's, those are all helpful tools on keeping your nonverbal communication assertive. Well, what I'd like to do now is, under letter D, your assertive challenge, instead of doing this right now, because we need to move forward in the next lesson, I'm going to ask you to do that this week sometime. And then next week we're going to ask how it went. We're not necessarily going to go into detail, but what I'd like for you to do is identify a situation in which you find it difficult to be assertive. So just identify a situation where you find it difficult. It could be a number of things. It could be work-related, school-related, friendship-related, a situation with your neighbor, or even family. And think about what it makes what makes it difficult for you to be assertive in this situation. So identify a situation that you're currently going through. It could be a number of things. And then go through the assertiveness challenge, the, the five questions. Go through the deciding what to say and deciding what to do. And process that a little bit a little bit this week. I wanted you to spend enough time on that, so we'll do that uh, off hours or out of the classroom. But if you can do that this week for homework, that would be helpful. And then bring it back next week, and we can talk a little bit about that if we need to. Well, let's now look ahead and move forward to Module 6, Continuing On, Part 2. This is page 115, and let me read the Scripture passage to us. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. It's this idea of gentleness and respect. Uh, you always want to humble yourself, but you also want to be confident and bold as you proclaim your faith and also as you're assertive with others. So uh, that's really what it, what it looks like to be an assertive Christian under number one, is to be gentle but also respect. I, I gave a speech this week in my Toastmasters group, it's a public speaking group, and I was talking about being strong and tender for, for men in particular. 
And it's so easy for men to either be angry on one end or to just be extremely passive on the other. And so I said, it's, it's proper for men to be strong and tender. And what that means is you be active. You know, you're, you're constantly uh, taking initiative and you're active. You're not at too aggressive, but you're active. But men also need to be loving when they do it and gentle. And I think that's what it means to be an assertive Christian. You have a balance of both. You know, gentleness and respect, in, in other words, or, or tender and strength. Uh, for women, I would say the same thing. You know, sometimes you have women that are too nice, and sometimes you have women that are too controlling. And I think instead of that, you need to be active and, and take initiative in response, but you also need to be loving as you do it. So there is a balance there. And I think that's what it looks like in being assertive. Okay. Um, uh, to yeah, me, assertiveness is toward the issue. Hope is toward the individual. Okay. But assertiveness could also be towards the individual. But not directly. It's toward the action. Yeah, you're acting. I mean, you're being active, obviously. So that would be part of the strength. Right. And then part of the tenderness would be the hope. As you yeah, said. But, yeah, but to me, the assertiveness is toward what you're trying to change in the individual and not the individual themselves. Sure. But, in a, uh, I think... Remember in the chapter that we read about how you can be assertive in a positive way by complimenting people? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't just being mean and harsh and <laughs> change your behavior. It's more of, I love you, man, and this is <laughs> why we're having these tough conversations. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not, all about, it's not all about the negative side. Of, I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of tend to lump it all together with the negativity that comes yeah. with aggression. Mm-hmm. But sometimes friends who are assertive in our lives by speaking truth to us, that's mm-hmm. a real positive thing, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have somebody really do something that you were kind of hoping they would do, that's a, a good time to be assertive in a very positive, reinforcing way. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah. Thanks, Al. It's good. It's helpful. Let's look at number two, uh, life assertiveness experiences. Actually, there's really nothing here that I have, so let's move on to number three. Assertively making, granting, refusing, and negotiating requests. Uh, what I'd like for us to do here is we're going to read Focus Note 1 on page 115, and we're going to do a little exercise here. So there are, as you respond to requests from a care receiver, here are some examples of requests care receivers might make of you. Uh, so, well, somebody read these responses. There's eight of them. Thank you. Could we meet for an hour and a half instead of just an hour? I never seem to have enough time to say all I want to say. Read all of them? Eight? Yes. Okay. Um, second, could we meet twice a week instead of once? Actually, let me. I'm sorry, let me stop you there. Let's go back to number one. What I want to do here, instead of splitting us up in groups, let's just do a group discussion. Which of these requests that Janine's going to read, which of them would you say yes to? Which of them would you say no to? And which of them would you negotiate a response? Okay. So let's go back to number one here. Uh, Janine, can you read that again, please? Could we meet for an hour and a half instead of just one hour? I never seem to have enough time to say all I want to say. Okay. Well, let's stop there. What? So would you say, would you respond with a yes, a no? Yes. Okay. Um, I would say I would negotiate. You would what? Negotiate? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would negotiate. Okay. I think I would just make sure they're just talking about the one time, not every mm-hmm. time. But I mean, I would pretty much say yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
that's where I said I would negotiate. Negotiate, it's, yeah. You, I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's an ongoing thing and something major has happened, it even fits with the next one. Can we meet twice mm-hmm. in a week? If there is, a, if there's a real justifiable reason, mm-hmm. I might meet three times in one week because of an extremely major event that's happened. Mm-hmm. But as an ongoing thing, mm-hmm. no. If it's being productive, uh, you know, and we have the time, I guess, if it's Right. I just l- I just yeah. like uh, dumping on you, and so I yeah. just want two <laughs> right. hours right. dumping and yeah. no. no. Okay, good. I'd well, like I I would look at my schedule and see if yeah, you know, I can insert uh, some time to talk mm-hmm. with uh, him. Yeah. Uh, and every so often, it's not like a regular thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's look at number three then, Janine. We'll just read three and talk about that. Yep. Okay. Would you please provide transportation for me to and from the church for our caring visits? I really don't like driving after dark. Okay. What would you all say to that? Sorry to hear that. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. And, and we can process schedule. I'm mean because of you, you know. Uh, you know, I, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm yeah. doing this trying to help you, and I want to do it, you know, but... Okay. Yeah. This raises a question, though. Are our appointments supposed to be at the church? No. No. Okay. You can meet at the church, but it's preferable that you meet at a Panera or Starbucks. You could even meet at their house if you're comfortable with it and there's other people there. Because you're going to be placed with somebody of the same sex. You're not going to be with the opposite sex. Uh, That's really up to your discretion. Can I use a white little light? I don't try... I don't like driving in the night either. <laughs> 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 Can you pick me up? <laughs> I would schedule the meeting. I do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not dark. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're able. Change our meeting. Yeah, some people may not be able. Some people may have to do night. But yeah. <laughs> so did you get an answer to my previous last time's question on if you're dealing with a a man that is gay? Oh, that's right. Brent, I apologize. I did not follow up with that. Let me write that down. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> right. Okay. I'll ask about that. That could be a chance. That's a good question. Yeah, because in the house, yeah. Well, let's look at number four. Um, Janine, please read. Yes. I would like my husband to sit in, in on our visits. He has a lot on his mind and would be benefit from being able to talk about things. Besides, I always have to repeat everything we talk about. And this way, he'll he'll be able to hear it firsthand. Okay. What would you say? Well, no. Are we allowed? Yeah. Is this something? No. This would be a no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you can't allow the the spouse. It's just you and the person. And that that gets tricky because sometimes we've had Stephen ministers say, "Well, we really want to have them over for dinner," you know, and and I didn't have to say no. Stephen ministry, you just deal with the one individual. You don't involve the spouse. And, you know, if they invite you over to dinner, I, I don't know about that, but, but you can't intentionally invite them over until the relationship is closed. Because then it becomes more of a friendship or more of a mentoring or like a life group community. You have to set up those, like, healthy boundaries, even though you might want to, like, think it would be nice for the husband to be right. there or whatever. It's a healthy boundary in that you've been building a relationship with this one person mm-hmm. and to bring someone else in at that point I think would be almost it could be hurtful yeah 
Absolutely. Conflict of interest, too. What yeah. about the issue of confidentiality? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not even to let our spouses know right. who our Stephen minister right. is. Mm-hmm. Is there some level where the Stephen minister is asked not to share what's going on with their spouse, or is that never approached? I'm sorry, Maybe we're referring to the question. The care receiver. The care receiver, the care receiver. yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm the minister, yeah, right. What right, do right. Does the receiver ever, is there any expectation put on them that they would keep confidential? No, they can say whatever they want to say. Okay. Yeah, but but you can't. You, right. you can't even say it in a supervision group. You just say care receiver. Or person A, however you want to oh, describe no, your, your I, individual. I come up to you in church and say, "Oh, hey, man, how come you know?" And, and that's fair game, you, yeah. You're making a you're, you're a great uh, you know Stephen minister for me. Thank you. All well, you much. say is thank you. <laughs> I can neither deny or say anything. I mean, you can't just go on to it and say, "Oh, yeah," and then tell your friends, "I'm his Stephen minister." You just say, "Well, thanks," because they may do that, and I think that has happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I was rereading the situation. Uh-huh. I feel like it's even more of a problem because the person says, "I always have to repeat everything we talked about," and I'm be able to hear it firsthand. I feel like that'd be opportunity for you to say that's like important part of like relationship building, yeah. like spouses, because like yeah. that's you know you really do need to if you want to talk to him about it, you really do need to talk to him about it, just the two of you, not. Like right, but I can I can think of some situations where it might be beneficial. Let's say it's a financial type thing that they've been working through and stuff, and they've kind of come there and they've come to you for support. I want to have this discussion with, and I want to bring in my spouse. I would take it. I would. I would kick it up. You still wouldn't be able to do that. And Stephen Minister, you, you only are supposed to meet with one, the, the one person you're assigned to, not their spouse. I would well. say that's more of like a financial counseling yeah. thing than it's not. And we provide that. And that's where you would say we, we provide FPU classes, we provide financialing classes, mm-hmm. but you direct them other in other ways. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You just focus on the same-sex person. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to number five. See? Do you mind if we change the day of our meeting next week? I'm going to be out of town over the weekend. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy. I'll I'll probably be doing that to them. (laughs) It happens. Everybody's busy, right? All right, let's go to number six. I'm feeling more and more uncomfortable meeting with you in my home because I'm afraid my family might overhear. Could we find another place to get together? Yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah. sure. Okay. I'm so busy, I don't even have time to shop for groceries. <laughs> if I were to give you a list and money and some money, could you go shopping for me? That's a big no. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's no, asking no, the Stephen minister to do it? more. Who uh, negotiated the? <laughs> I was gonna tell you. Are you taking advantage of me? That I was gonna tell you. That you didn't. <laughs> I negotiate everything. <laughs> Number eight. Yep. Okay. I so appreciate all that you have given me. I would like to do something for you. Could I take you out to lunch? I don't know. What do you think? It wouldn't be a problem. I don't think. No. 
Yeah. 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 The answer is fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asking what y'all thought. Yeah. <laughs> You're wondering, is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, to give the standard answer, they give on all Cisco things. It depends. Why do you say that? It depends on what the the motivation oh, sure, sure. behind yeah. the oh I wanna well you would be able to know that though yeah. hopefully yeah. Yeah. if it's really yeah. a thank you <laughs> <He's yes. engineer. laughs> if, if it's they're trying to manipulate you yeah no. yeah yeah but you would be able to assess that up front well let me just briefly read this to you numbers one through three saying yes to care receiver request. This could be an example of agree to run an errand for a care receiver. We just talked about, and a lot of you said no. Um, some some people would would say yes to this request, um, and and I think that's really entirely up to you. But I would establish clear boundaries. Obviously, if you did it, I would do it one time. I mean, I wouldn't do it on a weekly basis. That's why we have um, our. We have Christian help that we're networking with, and we have other ministries here like Barnabas Ministry that we provide where we provide that for people in our church. So that's why all, all you have to do if a situation like that came in, just let, let me know, and then we'll connect them with a Barnabas um, representative. So that's, that's saying yes. I mean, there's sometimes there's gray areas where, like Brent said, you have to assess it. Saying no, you need to decide for your sake or theirs that this is a request that you will not grant. Um, but as we said earlier, you've you got to be gentle and firm at the same time. You don't just want to just say, no, I'm not going to do it. I, I think it's important to explain why you're not going to do it. So if they ask you, can you go grocery shopping for me? Then say, I can't do that. This really kind of goes doesn't go along with Stephen Ministry. You could give that ex- that reason. Or I'm working all day. I, I just feasibly can't. But we do have a ministry at the church that could help you with that. Because talking about I'm so busy. It's not saying or had an accident like something major happened. Right. It's just pretty like, I'm busy. Right. right. And you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but be sure to take time to listen. Uh, listen for any mis- misinterpretations. If you're explaining something to them, make sure that um, you ask them questions. D- did you understand what I just said? Or are there any questions from what I just shared with you? Because they may be only hearing bits and pieces of what you're saying. And they may be misinterpreting what you're saying. So make sure and, and have clarification in your communication. Um, number three is negotiate requests with your care receiver. Sometimes negotiating a completely different solution is the best option. You know, if a care receiver wanted to meet at a different time or a longer time or a different place, don't say this. Don't say, if you will just start getting up earlier and working on your job search, as we discussed, I'll consider it. But if you don't, I don't know if I can say yes. You know, don't. Obviously, don't say that, but um, but do it in a loving and gentle way. Right. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a skill practice uh, for making and responding to requests. Will somebody read Focus Note 12 on the four steps in making a request? Twelve. Or two. I'm sorry. Did I say 12? Yeah, two. <laughs> right. Four steps for making a request. Describe the situation. Express your feelings. Specify what you want. Consequences associated with your request. Mm-hmm. Good. So that's the DESC. D S C for those that like acronyms. <coughs> okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to read through Focus Note 3 and then we're going to practice going through the four steps in making a request, the DESC. And so we'll just split three and three. It works out perfectly because there's six of us. So I guess we'll just keep the females here and then the guys here. And we need a person A. 
So why don't you guys go ahead and pick a person A for your group of three and three. Okay, well, what is, what is A? A is what? For this, uh, I'll explain in a second, but just pick a person A because you're each going to do one. So it really doesn't matter. Just, okay, A. Uh, person B. Okay, and person C. Okay, and what we're going to do here is we're going to read through focus note three. And these are examples of describing consequences. And as we're doing that, as you discuss the consequences of your request, begin by describing the positive consequences. So be positive here. And so first off, for the first lesson, uh, person A is going to be the Stephen minister. Person B is going to be the care receiver. And person C is going to be the reader, observer, and discussion leader. And so before, actually before we get into this exercise, let me read focus note three aloud because these are just examples for you to go by um, as you're going to go through this exercise. So let me read these examples of describing consequences, focus note three. Fresh flowers would really make the anniversary party we are giving a special occasion. I would be very grateful if you would make the effort to have the flowers replaced in time for the party. Okay, here's another one. I'm happy to have you cut through the yard because I know it saves you time. If you continue to leave the gate open, however, you may not use a shortcut through our yard anymore. You've asked about a promotion. If you can maintain those good work habits of being on time and keeping personal phone calls to a minimum until the next performance review in six weeks, I'll be happy to talk to you about the position of departmental assistant at that time. So right here, these are examples of describing consequences, really in a, in a positive way. So with this in mind, with the four steps of making a request, and I just read to you examples, what we're going to do now is read through three different situations. And one of you, person A, is going to be the reader, the observer, and the discussion leader. I'm sorry. Person A is going to be the Stephen minister on this one. Person B will be the care receiver, and person C will be the reader, observer, and the discussion leader. Okay, so what we're going to do here is we're going to read aloud, read aloud situation one, and I want you to really kind of act it out. And then as you act it out and you go through the DESC, person C is going to be uh, observing and then he'll be discussing the questions on focus note five. Does that make sense? Well, I guess so, but just continue on. Okay, okay. So situation one, the Stephen minister and the care receiver have met just about every Tuesday for the past year and a half. The care receiver is homebound and really looks forward to the caring visit as one of the highlights of his or her week. The Stephen Minister's child just won first place in the school spelling bee and will be participating in the regional spelling bee on Tuesday. The Stephen Minister would like to change the day of the next caring visit. So what I'd like for you to do now is the Stephen Minister needs to be able to express this uh, change that he would like to make. And the care receiver needs to respond to that. And then the observer or person C will just observe. And then after a minute or two, you're going to go through the discussion questions on focus note five. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So right now, um, I can just explain to the care receiver, the care receiver. Yeah. So y'all go ahead and start. Um, discussing the like consequences one because I feel like like the three of us describing, expressing, and specifying, but like giving a consequence each time we like missed. And I don't like I know it's kind of hard to do. I guess in a conversation, mm-hmm. like we were saying, it's like not something we like normally think about. Like, you know, we talked about like um, use for as an example, but she was really nice to me the first time she mm-hmm. made a request, and I think it's because she was trying to like appease me and like 
so I would say it. But she didn't really let me know how important it was to her by mm. telling me like what a consequence would be of me saying no. Or, mm-hmm. And I was wondering if the consequence is it supposed to be like if she's asking me to do something, is she listing a consequence? If I say no, what will happen? Or is that the point of the consequence? No, it's more your consequence. Uh, just saying. Her consequence? Well, just saying, if we're going to, like, for instance, situation one, you know, it, it was Stephen Mister would like to change the day of the next caring visit. Then you would say, obviously, uh, this, or at least I think a lot of it is just you knowing that. It may affect you as a care receiver mm-hmm. if she's asking you those requests, mm-hmm. uh, and you may bring that up. I don't think you always have to, because okay. a lot of it's obvious. Mm-hmm. The consequences are obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to say we're changing this day because I have to do this, um, obviously there's your reason, mm-hmm. but then the consequence is, yeah, you'll have to change days. Okay. But sometimes it's the obvious. You don't necessarily have to state the obvious. If okay. that makes sense, does that mm-hmm. does that make sense? But you could have a clear consequence. The example I gave that when I was dealing with my daughter and her boyfriend, and you've got to clean your room and your bathroom, or or you cannot be on the phone. You cannot go out on a date. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That would be a consequence. Yeah. So sometimes there Mm -hmm. are consequences, and sometimes there's consequences on the other person, if mm-hmm. you, they've made a request of you about time and you go, well, that's my favorite program, da-da-da-da, there's, there's a consequence for the other person, mm-hmm. and they need to state, this is what I have to give up to satisfy the request. TV program. <laughs> TV program, right? <laughs> Some of those are funny, but I don't know if that well, helps. Weekly massage. Yeah. I don't think you always have to say it, because you don't have to say the obvious. But, yeah. In my case, I was the care receiver for the concert, and I feel like, you know, I'm asking for a favor, how can I get a, give a consequence? You know, they, mm-hmm. But you're right, this is more focusing on how we approach things, and maybe the, the consequence would have been, you know, they don't, they don't perform for another year. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. If I don't do this, then this is what would happen. They, you don't necessarily not, have to make the other person feel bad, but yeah. just letting them know. This is I why it's so important. Like, like, describing yeah. your, it's okay. like part of, mm-hmm. yeah, like making them know like why it's so important mm-hmm. to you. Like why yeah. you're making that request. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because no without... Uh, Making them feel bad. <laughs> right. You don't want to be manipulative or condescending. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think that's... For the concert, that would have been a really good thing for the person to have stated up front. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time they've been to Orlando. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah. consequence is... I, I may I, never see him again. Or, I may never mm-hmm. see him again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would have been very appropriate in, mm-hmm. in that, yeah, but not all. your alma mater. Yeah, I yeah. Did that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, play, I played the guilt card. Right. If you don't let me go, I'll split my wrists. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, let me. Uh, let's move forward. We've got five minutes here. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's. <laughs> let's look. Uh, I want to get through this lesson real quick, y'all. So let's. Let me just read through this uh, for the next five minutes. Then we'll be done with this lesson. But this is number four: assertively dealing with anger. And if you look at letter A, we're going to explore anger, and there are a few reasons why people become angry, and I'll just share with you a few of those reasons. 
the first reason is that they often believe they're being treated unjustly and unfairly. So if people feel like they're being mistreated, then sometimes they react in anger, uh, angrily, uh, or an anger way. The second reason would be most people have a strong inner sense that they deserve to be treated respectfully. So they just may say, I deserve better, I deserve to be treated with respect. And so if they feel mistreated, then they're going to be angry. Um, there's also other ways people express anger. And Focus Note 10 just uh, describes ways that people express anger. I'll read through some of these. The verbal outburst. You know, they verbally blast their victims to inflict some pain because they try to express anger more calmly. Uh, they may believe that if they make the other person feel bad enough, the other person will pay attention to them and give them what they want. So these verbal outbursts could happen. That's a way to express anger. A second way that people express anger is through blame. Whenever anything goes wrong, people who blame insist that it's someone else's fault. So that's another way. They blame it on other people. Sarcasm is another way of expressing anger. It's a way for people to express their anger without coming right out and admitting they're angry. That would be passive-aggressive, right? It'd be some a form of that. And I see that all the time with sarcasm, especially among men. Uh, Fourth is poisonous talk, using honesty as a mask for their anger. An example would be, you'll never amount to anything. It's being very harsh. In fact, I was talking to a mom yesterday who said her daughter is playing volleyball at University of North Carolina. And she has a coach that just says things like that to her all the time. You know, you're never going to amount to anything. You're, You're not a good setter. You're not a good spiker. That's just harmful, harmful language, poisonous talk. Another example, people express anger through gossip. Uh, If they weren't really angry, they wouldn't be saying malicious things about others. And so that's why gossip is a form of anger, because um, they're saying bad things about other people. And so that's a form of being angry. Uh, The sixth is complaints. They express anger that he or she hasn't gone the way he wanted, or it hasn't gone the way he wanted or expected. Um, So people often complain, and that's a, a sign of anger. Intimidation is a sign of anger where it's an expression of fear. Intimidators try to put their opponents at such a disadvantage that they won't be able to fight back. So sometimes being just intimidating is an expression of anger and fear. Criticism is another example. Uh, life is not working out that way, the way the person had hoped it would, and so they're often very critical towards others or towards their life. Another example is withdrawing into self. They retreat from active participation with others. They may, they may sulk. They refuse to talk during discussions. And they give others the silent treatment. So sometimes people just withdraw and they give the silent treatment. That's a form of anger. Another form of anger is physical violence. This is obvious. This is often after other means of expressing anger haven't worked. So if these other means haven't worked, then they go physical on it. So let me uh, now let's look, draw our attention to number three on page 120. Aggressive, assertive, and passive anger. What I'd like to, you, for you to do for one or two minutes is literally read through these columns of aggressive anger, assertive anger, and passive anger. Just read through, through those for a minute. And, um, looking at that and referring to that, is, it's a lot of information, but it's helpful information to be able to understand aggressive anger, assertive anger, and passive anger and really what the differences are. If you look at page 122, what they ask you to do is as experience, go back and experience uh, your own um, situation with anger and how you handled it. 
and think about your own experience in dealing with this anger and go through those questions. You don't necessarily have to do that. The reason I, I say that is next week we're going to be covering a lot of ground. And so I don't want to overload you with information because I asked you to do from the previous lesson to do that exercise. Um, but if you'd like to, I would encourage you to do this if you have time and would like to go through this. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about that in just one second. And then finally, number five and six here, uh, people do need to hear us tell them when they have a good job and how much, or when they have done a good job and how much we appreciate them. Just going back to what Alan said earlier, it's important with being, as you're assertive, to be affirming as well, to be loving, to be encouraging, and to tell them what a good job they've done and how much you appreciate them. You, You see, each of us needs to hear compliments and affirmations. And that goes back, and I'm really glad you said that earlier, Alan. That's very important. And assertiveness is Christian because you're ultimately caring for others, and at the same time you stand up for what you believe in. So you're being gentle and respectful at the same time as it goes back to the First Peter passage. So anyway, that concludes our lesson today. And of course we, we go through the Caregiver's Compass Review. You can look through that and, and fill in where you see compassionate, full of faith, skilled, and trustworthy. And uh, what I want to do now is just review what we're going to be doing next week. It's, we're going to be covering a lot of ground because we're going to be taking a lunch break as well. And so I'm going to be covering Lesson 7, Maintaining Boundaries and Caregiving. We'll see if we can get through Lesson 8 in the first hour and a half. Uh, crisis theory. I may have my. I might just do both those lessons and have Ida do confidentiality. So we may switch the the instructor, but she's going to be with us next week, and I'll probably have her do confidentiality because she just recently led a discussion on that with our supervision group. So I think that'd be good hearing from her. Um, but we'll do confidentiality during the lunch. Yes. I don't understand that I'm doing it.